Welcome to another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. I'm Bill Wasner. With me again is Dwayne Friend. Welcome, Dwayne. Well, happy 2020 to you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you. And to you as well. And our inaugural podcast for the year is going to be about insects in cover crops. Now, what do we need to know about that, Dwayne? Well, as you probably know, and a lot of people know, we're starting to use cover crops a lot more in farm fields. And we know the benefits from that in terms of nutrient uh, reductions, excess nutrient reductions, uh, organic matter increases, erosion control, all of those things. But one of the side effects that really hasn't been studied a whole lot is it's a living plant. So there's probably going to be some some types of insects in that cover crop. Uh, what we wanted to do and uh, what really hasn't been done a whole lot uh, is to look at some specific cover crops, things that are commonly being used today, and look at the insects in there. Not only look at what may be pest insects for the subsequent crop, but also try to look at beneficial insects that may be present that may actually help that crop once it's planted into that cover crop. So this is a, a project that was started this last year. Uh, we're working with Dr. Nick Sider on campus and some of his graduate students. And we've got several extension field staff that are working throughout central and southern Illinois examining field plots. And we're basically looking at cereal rye followed by soybean because that seems to be one of the most common types of scenarios set up for a, a lot of farms right now is, is that type of, of cover crop setup. So you wouldn't think there would be much pest. I mean, they're they're kind of dissimilar plants, so you wouldn't expect the same pests to attack both. That's that's an excellent point, and that's that is one of the things that we also wanted to examine, because if you've got that living plant there prior to planting, it provides what's called the green bridge. So if you've got insects there and they're going through their life cycle and you have have them in that cover crop, will those insects, if that cover crop is still green and still viable at the time of planting, will those insects carry over into the, the succeeding crop? So that is one of the things we also wanted to look at is whether termination of that cover crop at, at different times before planting, if that would make a difference in, in these particular insect populations. What specifically is the study looking for and how far have you gotten in this okay. window yeah. so far? We've had a, we did about 44 different field sites. We had about half with cover crop, half with no cover crop. And uh, the ones with no cover crop were nearby fields so that we could kind of use those as a control. We used a number of different types of traps. We used pitfall strap, traps, sticky traps, pheromone traps, uh, shingle traps to try to, to get a really good uh, sample of the type of insects that were out there in these fields. And with 2019 being a really wet year, uh, the original plan was to do these for three weeks before planting, three weeks after planting. With the wet spring, some of the fields, we ended up sampling six weeks planting and then we still did the three weeks afterwards so there were needless to say uh, great numbers of of insects that were sent into campus for testing so they're they're still testing going through some of those but the basic thing that we found so far seems to be that um, and you kind of alluded to this earlier that 
with cereal rye followed by soybean. There really isn't, uh, um, doesn't seem to be a, a major concern with whatever types of insects are in those cover crops doing any damage to soybean. Now again, this is the first year of the study, but that's that's the takeaway from this first year. In addition, in terms of the termination timing, uh, that really hasn't seemed to make a big difference either. Uh, now the one thing that was found, and especially more in southern Illinois, there were some uh, places where they had slug damage, but the thing that they saw with that is that didn't matter whether it was in the cover crop or the no cover crop fields, both places experienced slug damage. So uh, that didn't appear to be caused just by the cover crops. I see. Yeah, I kind of expect there's going to be cases where there's an infestation of something that would be uh, almost a universal pest. Like I'm imagining an aphid could feed on, on both crops. Um, yeah, and, and part of that, it, it, there could be. Um, and again, we haven't seen evidence of that yet. Um, but even though we're, we're, you know, this is the first year of the study and for the cereal rye and the soybean, um, it seemed to be working fairly well. Uh, we still do have a concern, especially if, for example, if you were doing uh, a grass to a grass. So, for example, cereal rye followed by corn. There would be more of a concern with that. And um, Dr. Sider um, and others suggest, and especially in those cases, to uh, make sure that that green bridge is not present. And the recommendation is to terminate that cover crop, or at least attempt to, co to terminate that cover crop, 10 to 21 days before the planting is going to take place. That way, that crop, that cover crop is, is killed out. That should also end the life cycle of the insects that may have been in that cover crop. And so you're not providing that green bridge for them to continue their life cycle on as the uh, regular crop starts up. Good point. Now, uh, how does that relate to um, what our gardeners in Illinois experience? Well, as we get more and more gardeners that are wanting to do cover crops, the same is going to apply for, for their crops. Uh, you have to look at what is being planted as a cover crop. So, for example, if you're planting cereal rye and then you're going to plant sweet corn, that's a grass followed by a grass. So those same recommendations of terminating that cover crop now, a week or two weeks or more, before, or even three weeks before you put that, that crop in is something that you would have to think about as a gardener. If you're doing um, something, you know, if it's going to be um, more like what we were talking about with the cereal rye and the soybean. So, for example, if you were doing cereal rye and then maybe putting in green beans or something like that, probably is not going to be as much of a concern. And I know some gardeners are, are going to crimp their cover crops, and that's that's fine. It's still terminating that cover crop. Uh, so no matter whether you do it by crimping, whether you do it by mowing, whether you do it by applying a chemical or something, uh, the same rules are going to apply with, with all of these. So I'm going to ask, what is crimping in, in this context? Crimping, uh, for example, if you're using cereal rye, uh, what a lot of folks will do, and I've done this in some field studies on uh, looking at the viability of, of using cover crops in a garden setting, uh, using no chemicals and no tillage. A and I go through and I crimp the cereal rye, and basically what it is, how to crimp it is, right at the time of 
heading of the cover crop when it's a good you know, four or five feet tall uh, once it's headed out you go through and you basically lay that that rye flat on the ground uh, with some type of, of crimper and the crimper is some type of, of equipment um, and I use basically a two by four with some angle iron on it that I hold with a rope but it goes through and it doesn't break the stem completely apart but it bends it enough that it no longer allows water to move through that stem and basically just kills it out so you've got a mulch layer there uh, on the ground that you then plant into and some gardeners are doing this uh, there are some farmers that are, are using obviously much larger scale crimpers but they're doing that as well in some cases very good where can we go for more information uh, well, you can always go to the University of Illinois Extension website for information on cover crops and those kind of things. You can talk to uh, commercial ag educators. You can talk to local foods, small farms educators, uh, and to me if anybody is interested in finding out more about this, uh, this study or wanting to know more about uh, cover crops or crimping. Very good. Well, for another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources, this has been Bill Wastner and Dwayne Friend.